From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 276, for the week of April 10th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan a perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team. Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malata willie Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this segment, Mary Jo takes another day six drive. Where are we heading today, Mary Jo? Um, today we're heading off to Los Alamos, which is okay. um, about 45 miles north of Santa Barbara. I think it's 155 miles from Los Angeles. Okay. And so I would like to talk about a Disney legend who, since 2008, has dedicated his time to finessing a product that California is well known for. And can you guys guess what it is? I know Tom knows, but... Gosh! What do all Disney Reasons. legends <laughs> seem to get involved in? Oh, uh, wine. Exactly. <laughs> so... um Along with uh, John Lasseter and Fess Parker, um, I'm talking about the famous actor Kurt Russell um, that we know from Disney films like The Computer Who Wore Tennis Shoes, among other films that he's done. He's done quite a few. And um, he had been thinking about getting into the winemaking business, and he spent some time in the Santa Barbara area. He was filming there, and he also used to go there when he was a kid, and when he... And Goldie Hawn would take their kids there. They'd go bike riding and everything. And when he was over there filming, um, he liked the wines in the Santa Rita Hill area, which is in Santa, in Santa Barbara County. And he especially liked the Pinar Noirs. So when he started thinking about doing wines and everything, he decided to go to the Santa Rita area and he decided to team up with the Ampelo Cellars back in 2008. And so he had been working with them to develop just the perfect type of wine, especially the Pinot Noir. So Peter and Rebecca work owned the Ampello Cellars. And what's kind of unique about them is they're the first in the country to be certified for USDA organic, uh, wow. Demeter biodynamic and sustainability in practice. They have a lot of, they have very high standards in winemaking. And Kurt Russell himself, um, kind of likes high quality things and, and that attention to detail. So he got together with them, but he had to prove himself to them that he was worthy of making wines with their sellers. And he had been studying a lot and he had certain, um, they have certain numbers for wines. And so he had picked certain numbers that he liked. They, each type of wine has this. So, um, so he, they interviewed him and, and as well as he interviewed them. And so, um, they're getting together. Um, they, this partnership between the, them really works. And also Kate Hudson, who is his stepdaughter, that's Goldie Hunt's daughter. She also is involved, which I will tell you in a bit. So he decided to name his label Gogi, which is what he used to call himself when he was a child because he couldn't say his middle name, which is Vogel. So you can see that, right? Gogi, Vogel. Mm-hmm. And, um, in fact, all of his wines are named for family, ne- family members. His favorite, as I said, is the Pinot Noir. And he himself 
um, blends the wine. So this would be his signature blend. He was looking for a venue to showcase his wine, and after looking around, he decided on a small town, and which is the Los Alamos, the little town of Los Alamos. There's an old hotel there called the 1880 Union Hotel, which has a saloon bar owned by Dan and Anna Thompson. So they teamed up with Kurt Russell and the Works, and that's the name of the uh, family who has the Ampello Cellars. Their last name is Works. So Kurt Russell and the Works teamed up with the Thompsons to sell the Gogi wines in the wine saloon that's located next to... It's part of the hotel, but it's next to the hotel, if you could say say it that way. And they opened up the wine saloon this February. So I decided to go check it out because you guys know I like to go travel around and explore California. And I um, drove up there. It took me about two and a half hours, so don't say anything, Tony. Um, and I drove up. It was a beautiful day in, in Southern California. Drove up through this scenery that I, uh, that I had done when I'd gone to Santa Barbara. Past Santa Barbara. And I found myself in these green rolling hills. And being that it's springtime, it was dotted with the California state flower. Do you guys know what that is? The poppy. Yeah. So I saw golden poppy all over these green hills. And um, there were cows and I saw goats and other animals. It was just such a pretty drive. And I was just um, thinking that it would take an awful lot to get me out of California. Just <laughs> being able to go here. So then I get to Los Alamos, and it's right off of the 101 freeway. And I notice right away that it's really a small town. It's um, after visit, and when I got off, they had like one main street, and the street was full of antique shops, um, little restaurants, wine tasting places, or um, other types of, um, oh, I... I guess establishments, that's the word that I was thinking. And so I was really surprised when I got there of just how quaint the town looked. I would kind of liken it maybe to the Western version of Julian. If you remember, I went up to Julian um, last year when I was traveling around down south. And so now, you know, when people ask me when they go from San Francisco down to L.A. and they, they kind of want to take their time and where they think they should stop. I used to say San Luis Obispo. I'm going to tell people stay in Los Alamos. It's such a cute town and it kind of gives you, you feel almost like you've kind of stepped back in time. So since all of my segments do contain a bit of history, I thought I would just tell you a little bit about Los Alamos. It was once a Mexican land grant um, deeded in 1839 to Jose Antonio de la Guerra who was a son of Jose de la Guerra y Noriega. And the hills above Los, Rancho Los Alamos, they used to serve as a hideout for um, the bandido Solomon Pico, who was, um, his escapades were kind of popularized by the character Zorro that we've seen in TV <laughs> so and in the movies. So during the United States uh, centennial year in 1876, Mr. Thomas Bell, <laughs> along with his nephew, John Bell. Do you have a, a nephew named John, by any chance, uh, Tom? No. Uh -uh. Oh, okay, so you're not that close. Um, and uh, <laughs> James Shaw. Well, I was just thinking, maybe it could have been an ancestor, or maybe you're paralleling them or something like that. Um, but these dudes from San Francisco, they purchased some acreage from the Rancho Los Alamos and another Rancho La Laguna, and then they created a little town. 
and the main thoroughfare there is called Centennial Street. So the town's a little bit, you know, it's, it's kind of, it kind of grew a little bit and they, it ended up serving as a popular stagecoach stop from 1861 to 1901. And the hotel that serviced the stagecoach was the Union Hotel, which opened in 1880 and overnight travelers would stay there. So the hotel itself, like I said, was a stagecoach stop. And it was also, um, they were building the railroad at that time, the Pacific Coast Railway. And so people who were working on the railroad would, would, um, stay there at the hotel. However, it burned it to the ground in 1893. And then they rebuilt it in 1915. So this hotel has been around since 1915 wow. and it's filled with antiques over there. And it was built, um, they, well, a couple of things that I was going to say about the antiques that they have in there. There's some chandeliers that are in the lobby when you walk in, and they're from the movie Gone with the Wind that they have in there. And if anybody ever saw the music video Say, Say, Say with Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney, they filmed it there in the hotel. And Johnny Cash used to appear there back in the 50s. So when you walk in the hotel, it's filled with antiques. They had this really cool box with these bells with arrows underneath them and I asked the person behind the, the counter what they were for and she said that's how the rooms would call down when they needed somebody to go up to them they would ring the bell and the arrow would point up and it would ring really loudly and until they shut it off it would ring to make sure that they got their attention and stuff so I thought that was kind of cool and the first thing I noticed when I walked in besides the antique looking was a piano in the lobby and a bar at the back so not only do they have a saloon to the side, they have a bar in the back. So this was probably a time when guys or people would go after work and just hang out there in addition to staying at the hotel. And it's really old-fashioned in that there's 14 rooms upstairs and five of those rooms are dry. Do you guys know what that means? When you say a room is dry, a hotel room? Um, no alcohol? No <laughs> the roof doesn't leak? <laughs> No water, Good it's a, is it a shared bathroom? Yeah, it's a shared bathroom. So they have a sink in it, but <laughs> if you need to use the restroom, you go down the hallway. So I thought that was really, for me, that would be really cool. But for people who really do want um, their own private bathrooms, nine of their rooms have bathrooms and then five are um, the shared bathroom and those come at a lesser price. So, and then the restroom is one of those old-fashioned toilets with the tank on the top and stuff like that. So I thought that was all really cool. So I had got there, and the reason why I was um, looking around there is because I got there before 12, and the saloon opens at noon. So finally, the saloon opened at noon, and I walked in, and the saloon itself is filled with antiques. And there's all these, excuse me, dollar bills um, stapled to the ceiling. And they told me that people like to staple their dollar bills to the ceiling. And that room is also filled with antiques. And so when I walked there, the lady behind the counter is named Jamie Way. Well, that's Kurt Russell's sister, and she runs the saloon on the weekends. And so I t was chatting with her um, about the saloon and about Kurt Russell's wines and stuff, and she told me that they have a wine tasting if you want to try them. And so we did some wine tasting, which was really good. And they have three wines from the Ampello Cellar, and they have two wines from Kurt Russell and one from Kate Hudson and Mike Bellamy. Um, he's from the Muse. He's the front man for the Muse. Mm -hmm. 
And so all they sell in this wine saloon are the wines from Kurt Russell and um, Kate Hudson and the um, Pelos. So we started off with a really light wine that has no, it's never, it's um, cured, I guess, would you call it, aged in um, stainless steel. It has no oak at all, any oak um, flavor at all in it. And then the next one we tried was a Chardonnay called Goldie. Remember I told you that Kurt Russell names all of his wines after his family. Right. So the Chardonnay is named after Goldie, which kind of matches, right? Because the color of a Chardonnay. And 10% of all Chardonnay um, wine sold goes to her foundation, which is called the Mind Up Program. Apparently, Goldie Hawn is very involved in um, the... It deals with emotional and um, helping children center themselves when they're anxious, etc. And she has it across the nation. And she really feels strongly about this foundation. It's her foundation to help students in school. And it's called Mind Up. So a, por- a proceeds, 10% of all the proceeds from this wine goes to her Mind Up program in it. So Jamie, Kurt Russell's sister, was telling us about um, Goldie Hawn's um, program and also about the wine. So I thought it was really telling that Kurt thinks enough about Goldie and that he has part of the proceeds go to that. So after the Chardonnay, we tried, um, the, it was a rosé of Syrah and this is the Hudson Bellamy rosé. It was so good. First of all, the Chardonnay was delicious and the rosé I thought was also really good. It was very smooth. And then after that, we tried the Pinot Noir, which is Kurt Russell's um, baby. He personally blends the wine himself, and he tries. He has a certain formula for what he particularly likes, and he called this one Jilly Bean, which is named after another one of his sisters. And this is a hundred percent estate fruit from the Ampelos Vineyard. And some of these wines, you say, will say um, like how much is Syrah, how much is Grenache how much Riesling for this particular Pinot Noir, it's hundred percent and it's um, aged in 50% new French oak boots, boats. I don't know how it's pronounced. It's B-O-U-T-E-S, uh, Grand Reserve barrels yeah. for 21 months. I used to like Merlot. I've now converted over to Pinot Noir after tasting his wine. It was so good. Um, I could, that's what I'm going to get from now on. And then the next wine after his Pinot Noir was from the Ampelos Cellars, which was a Syrah Sigma. And then the Ampelos Syrah Gamma, which, so we went progressively from a very light wine down to, um, the darker reds. And out of all of them, my favorite was the Pinot Noir. And as we were tasting the wine, Jamie was telling us just how Kurt got involved in the wine business and she'll do that if you go over there to the wine saloon during the daytime she will sit there and chat with you and tell you all about Kurt Russell tell you about the wines tell you about the family and how they got involved and kind of what they go for and one of the things she was telling us is that in his mind Kurt Russell believes that um, when somebody drinks a wine that he has put so much into that he's sharing that moment with him or he's sharing that moment with us when we drink that wine and she was saying that a really good example was 
in this antique setting that they have there in the wine saloon, there is this couple and they had just become engaged. They were sitting there drinking wine and they were so wrapped up in each other. And she looked at them just enjoying the moment. And she thought, this is what he made that wine for moments like this, where people could, um, just live life, just live a, have a good time in life and good moments and be drinking his wine and just enjoying everything. So if you have on a weekend, you want to take a day six trip and go up to Santa Barbara, like I said earlier, and continue up to Los Alamos, I highly recommend it, especially if you like antiques, if you like good food, if you like to see a little bit of California, how it was in the older time. Does the saloon serve, serve food or just the wine? I'm so glad you said that. The saloon itself doesn't serve food, but the hotel does have a restaurant and they serve food and they'll bring it to you in the saloon. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's really nice. So during the daytime, um, all they do serve is wine. So they don't have beer in the saloon, but that wine was so good. About um, how much was the tasting? The tasting is $15. Not bad. No, it was, and they serve it in shot glasses because it's a a saloon. So, I mean, they bring it in, they bring it in shot glasses and then they pour it in the, in the glass so you can get the bouquet and everything, you know, so I thought that was really cool. Yeah. How many, how many, how many did you do for $15? Six. Nice. Yeah. Six of them. And like I said, we had a running commentary and another thing I noticed I walked in there. There were people walking in from the time she opened up. There were people. It was a steady stream of people coming in and enjoying the saloon. So words kind of got out, you know, because it is Kurt Russell and he's famous. But also the quality of his wine. He only sells it at very few restaurants, um, including the high-end restaurants at Disneyland. So if you go to um, Napa Rose or Steakhouse 55, and I'm not well, Blue Bayou would be no, but uh, Carthay Circle, that's the other one. <clears throat> and you ask for the Jilly Bean, which is the Gogi wine, or ask for the Gogi label. Um, you'll be able to try one of his wines over there. So I'm now going to recommend staying at that hotel. I thought the hotel was so cute um, going in. And there's other restaurants besides there at the hotel. And there's other things to do in that area. It was just absolutely beautiful over there. Very cool. Thank you, Mary Jo. Mm-hmm. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>